Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Simmons Plains revs up as the championship goes back to back. With all the sponsors stuff in between, it, it ends up a very busy finish to the year. Russell gets the Walkinshaw ride. Pleasure to be with the uh, with the Walkinshaw racing team, and uh, obviously. Uh, being under the HRT banner as well. Um, it's a team that I actually hated for a lot of years. And The Voice tells you to get your backside trackside. You get a chance, come out and smell the petrol. It's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Russell Engel has been announced that he will be moving to Walkinshaw Racing in 2012. Obviously the best judge of any motorsport is within your own team and for me bringing Russell in uh, will will definitely help our other blokes go faster and and so ultimately for us it, it couldn't be a better fit. Look, the atmosphere straight away as soon as you walk in the doors is is professional, and uh, and that's what you have to be to win races in the V8 Supercar Championship at the moment. Um, there's only probably only three teams you want to be with in this championship, and this is one of them. You know, and and Garth proved that at, uh, at Bathurst by taking out the uh, Super Cheap Auto 1000 this year, and uh, and that's what we want to do. You know, we we want to win races, and uh, with the ultimate goal of winning that Super Cheap Auto 1000 and getting the trophy back on our side. The deal will be the Enforcer's swan song in the V8 series and will be supported by his long-time backer, Super Cheap Autos. Russell's very important to, to our organisation from a number of angles. One is we know his passion for motorsport. He is a passionate racer. He's still a good racer. We rate him and we think he's a fantastic ambassador. I think a few people out there uh, think he's um, maybe uh, over the hill, but we, we love him and we're going to stick with him. Clipsal has announced their program for 2012, kicking off the season with new trackside viewing decks, premium trackside tickets offering a gold zone, and a new pit straight hospitality and bar facility with views of the circuit announced ticket prices staying at either 2011 or lower prices. The Premier Race of the Year has also launched a new promotion, Clipsal, now to be known as the Race That Rocks. Rick Kelly spoke about the Clipsal 2012 launch. I'm excited to have Clipsal back on the calendar as an opening event for us. Always at the end of each Viet Supercar season, there's a lot of change from team sponsor and drivers changing teams. And it's always interesting to head to the first round and see where everyone's placed and how they perform at their first race. So that being in Australia is a great opportunity for the local crowd to get down there and check it out. And obviously in 2012, the different 
qualifying structure being moved to Friday again is quite exciting for us to give the fans that attend the Friday event something to watch. Richard Cragen has said that the Abu Dhabi could not continue to justify the expense for fly-in, fly-out events like V8 supercars. The Abu Dhabi CEO told the United Emirates newspaper The National that the circuit has announced that they'll be changing their focus to community-driven events. V8 supercars will return to the Middle East circuit, supporting Formula One in 2012. Jason Bright has told the V8 Insiders that he's disappointed to hear that there'll be no soft tyre-only rounds in 2012. Those races where we have a mixture of tyres, you know, everyone just ends up on the same strategy and, and uh, you know, it, it just ends up a bit of a procession, whereas, you know, the, when we have the soft tyre um, and Peel is a soft tyre, it actually brings some strategy into it. The voice, Johnny Farnham, dropped into HRT last week to see how the Bathurst winning team is preparing for the end of the year. And, of course, the Sydney 500, which Farnham will be performing at. I've had a great time this morning. It's, um, I mean, meeting all the guys has been, been fun, but really, for me, uh, I, and I'm, I'm not a truly, truly petrol head, but I do like cars. Uh, to be able to go through the car and to touch one and sit on one without getting shot at, uh, it's been pretty cool. I was a long-time fan, and, and um, you know, it was great to, to, to meet the man, and, and my mum was incredibly jealous. I've already spoken to her, so uh, she's a little upset. And, and, uh, but no, it was good. It was great. It's fantastic to have such huge headlines, acts like John Farnham, James Rain, at the Sydney Telstra 500, because um, it's a new event, it's an emerging event. Sydney's been, been, like I said, it's been great for me. I won the first year there, and then uh, last year we, we wrapped up the championship there, so... It's um, you know it's a pretty dramatic race. There's always craziness going on. Just the nature of the circuit is really really harsh and aggressive on the cars. Ford Performance Racing will return to the Fujitsu Series with Formula Ford champion Chas Mosert in the final two rounds of the series at Sandown and Homebush. The factory Ford team is using the races to evaluate Mosert with a view to potentially entering the 19-year-old in the development series full time next year. In other Fujitsu news, 2006 champion Adam Macro is expected to drive for Greg Murphy Racing at the Sandown event. And finally, James Moffat previews Simmons Plains for us on the V8 Insiders. Well, for me, Craig, I haven't been down there in a V8 supercar. I haven't raced um, at Simmons Plains since 2007. So uh, last time I was there was in the Australian Formula 4 Championship. But uh, having said that, I, I, I hadn't raced... Um, on the streets of the Gold Coast either. So uh, if we could have a repeat result down there, that would be uh, pretty good. But uh, look, the approach is just to go in there, um, try and get settled into the circuit with the car on Friday and practice. And, um, you know, same approach as we always do, try try to do our best. And uh, if things go our way, we, we might be able to uh, to have a good, good weekend. So uh, that's certainly what we'll be trying to, but uh, at the same time, there'll be 27 other cars trying to, to achieve the same same thing. So uh, for us, we, we definitely have dropped the ball I guess uh, a little bit in the last few rounds with um, some poor performances and, and poor reliability. So that sort of affected um, where we are in the championship at the moment. So we want to try and finish the year off on, on the best possible note and see if we can uh, pick up a few positions in the championship, which would be a nice way to end the year because, uh, you know, when things go well for us, I think we've sort of proven over the last um, three or four rounds when when the car's working well, um, 
there's no reason why we can't mix it with the guys in the top 10 and that's what we'll be trying to do for the rest of the year. After the break on the VN Insiders, Jason Bright will join me, then later Lachlan Mansell, John Bannon will talk on the round table. Then on the white flag lap we speak with Dan Crane. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Well, Jason Bright returns to the V8 Insiders on the Bright Line. And Jason, two races back-to-back. It's a very busy time of year for not only you drivers, but your crews and all the mechanics. It is a busy time of year. It's, uh, it's, um, I was just saying to someone this morning how, how busy it gets at the end of the end of the season. It's been like that for, for quite a few years now where it's, um, you know, at least a race every two weeks and, and, you know, a couple back to back and, uh, you know, with all the sponsor stuff in between, it, it ends up a very busy finish to the year. Is it getting any better with what they've planned for 2012 in your opinion? Um, no, I mean, it, it's, you know, end of 2012, we've got a couple of overseas races, so you know that that adds to the the work. I think you know, um, you know but it, it really doesn't you know, it doesn't change that much. I mean, you know, we, the, the overseas races aren't that much more difficult than what our local races are um, these days. With you know, with the way that um, Gibson Freight sort of run it all, and and the containers, and you know, the cars are there waiting for us. So it, it's still going to be a, a tough finish to the the end of next year. Don't you worry. What have you thought about uh, the movement towards the car of the future now? Have you been happy with the way the implement's being rolled out? Um, I mean, it's always going to be a difficult process, you know. It's, everyone's obviously, um, you know, it's, there's a fair bit of expense involved in going to the car of the future and, and sometimes I believe you just need to bite the bullet and, and uh, you know, make that change and, and uh, you know, start to get the benefits of, of what car of the future can bring straight away you know rather than um you know slowly implementing things and and uh you know it, it's you know there'll be some things that are slowly implemented and, and other things that you know the, the, the majority of it'll all come in in one go and you know, that, like i said that that is a big expense but you know i, I think that in, in the long run that, that'll be the right way to go does it mean you as drivers and and also you as team owners will be fighting the equipment for 12 months to make it last more so than what you'd normally do in a year which is buy a new bit to test it out for the rest of the year um not necessarily i mean i think that you know i think that the, the car of the future will allow us to um you know spend money in other areas I, you know i think that, that at the end of the day um you know we, we do need to you know there are a lot of components on the car that we spend a lot of money you know gradually upgrading and um you know just constantly trying to 
redesign and, and make them a little bit better and, and trying to keep up with, with other teams that are doing exactly the same thing. And, you know, if, if we can all sort of, you know, focus our resources on, on areas that probably go lacking because of the money we spend on, you know, constantly buying the, the better bits, um, you know, when, when we've got, con- you know, now going to more of a control car, um, you know, I think that that'll mean that the playing field will even out, you know, and that, that's the whole purpose of it is, you know, reducing the cost of being competitive in this category. Mm. Now, as you built up towards uh, Winton and, and onto the northern swing of the tour, you were really building some momentum. As you go into Simmons and now Sandown, do you fear you've got that momentum back or are you still feeling a, a little bit out on the sideline there? If, if our last race is you don't even go by, we haven't. But um, you know, I, I you know I firmly believe that that we had a you know we had a pretty difficult um, Phillip Island, Bathurst, and Gold Coast, and we, we came out of it with a result at Phillip Island and and Bathurst that we probably you know didn't look like we were going to get for a while. Um, you know, in hindsight, we've we've found a, a couple of issues that I think that you know have hurt our pace at those rounds. And I'm, you know, pretty confident that, you know, we'll be a lot stronger in Tasmania. You know, it's not a track that'll show up the, the same problems. And, you know, in one, in one particular case, you know, we'll, uh, you know, we'll just be stronger all around. Mm. Of course, there's talk that you won't have all soft tyre races next year. Are you a fan of that idea? Oh, I'm, I'm disappointed. You know, I think that those races where we have a mixture of tyres, you know, everyone just ends up on the same strategy and, and uh, you know, it, it just ends up a bit of a procession, whereas, you know, the, when we have the soft tyre um, and purely the soft tyre, it actually brings some strategy into it and, you know, you can stop early and get a lot of track position or stop late and, and uh, you know, use the good tyre later on to, to try and pass everyone and, and that's what I, I thought people want to see is a lot of passing, whereas... You know, when, when we've got the hard tyre and the soft tyre, you know, it's a gamble to, to do anything against what the rest of the field are doing. And, you know, sometimes that gamble might pay off, but it'll just be the minority and, and usually, you know, some, some backrunners that it does pay off for. Um, you know, whereas, you know, the majority will just all, all probably start on the hard tyre and go to the soft tyre with, you know, the amount of laps to go that you think you can do on it. And as soon as one guy moves, the rest of the guys move. And I, I really don't think that that brings any strategy into it. You know, it just turns it into a follow and leader type situation where you've got to copy what other teams are doing. But you know, it's I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm obviously in the car when um, when you know these races are happening, and you know, I, I certainly from the driver's seat and um, you know talking to other drivers, you know, we. It just seems like, you know, the soft tyre races are a lot better racing and, you know, they, the tyres give us confidence to, to, to really have a go and and, um, and try and pass, whereas the hard tyre, you know, it's always a, a bit, bit more of a risk to pass because they're, you know, a, a not really a, a very confidence-giving tyre when you sort of push them to stick it down the inside of someone. So... Yeah, it's, it's it's a bit of a surprise. You know, every time we do a soft tyre race, it always feels like it's um you know it's a bit of a hit, and and then you know it just never seems to quite get off the ground to to, to turning into more soft tyre races. Mm. Now, uh, interested to get your thoughts. Richard Craigan from Abu Dhabi's come out and said that it's not 
financially justifiable for Yasmarina to run a standalone V8 race. What's your thoughts on that comment and also what it means for international expansion of the series if uh, promoters are not wanting to do standalone rounds? Well, I mean, you know, I, I guess for Abu Dhabi, I mean, for, for Yas Marina Circuit, you know, I can't imagine that it's, you know, it's certainly not viable, you know, the money that they, they pay to, to take the series over there and, you know, the ticket sales that they get, it's, it's definitely not viable. I mean, my understanding was that, you know, that they do it as a, as a tourism thing and, and the, the footage goes all around the world as, as part of our television package and, and you know, it works as a, a tourism campaign as, you know, more than anything. Um, and, you know, so it doesn't surprise me that it doesn't pay for itself through ticket sales. Um, and, you know, when they can run us with the Grand Prix event and get all of the same television... Um, and, you know, I think that will work better. You know, I, I, I think it's a bit of a win-win for them. It, it gives them a point of difference for other Formula One events. And, you know, they're pretty close to Europe. So if anyone was thinking of going to the Formula One event or the V8 supercar event, you know, it, it, it might mean extra ticket sales for that event. So, you know, I, I can understand why they're doing it. I, I don't think that it hurts our plans for international expansion. I mean, Texas will be the you know, real test for us. I mean, they will be looking to get ticket sales because, you know, it's not a tourism thing. It, you know, I know initially Abu Dhabi was a tourism um, initiative and, and uh, you know, whereas with Texas, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's about bums on seats and, and getting people through the gate so that, you know, so that it does pay for itself. So that'll be a, you know, that'll be a, a real acid test for the V8 supercars, I'm sure. Well, Jason, always a pleasure to catch up with you. All the best with the back-to-back rounds at Simmons and Sandown. Of course, uh, in 2012, when you go to Sandown, it'll be for 500 Ks again. Absolutely. I mean, I'm looking forward to getting back to it. And, um, yeah, cheers for the chat. Jason Bright joining us in the Vet Insiders. After the break, Lachlan Mansell and John Bannon. I hope you stay with us. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from Auto Action, it's John Bannon. Good evening, John. Good evening, Craig. And from E! News, it's Lachlan Mansell. Good evening, Lockie. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, John. With Hi, Lachlan. With Simmons Plains on the agenda for this week. It's uh, interesting because Simmons Plains is a, a racetrack I really enjoy and it's one of those tracks where you can see when you're sitting up on the hill just about the entire circuit, Lockie. It uh, has got a great spectator appeal and a very quick lap. It's a bit of a contrast to the last circuit, the V8 Supercar Championship visitor, isn't it, guys? Because Surfers Paradise, a street circuit, a big event, carnival-type atmosphere, and now we go back to one of the the uh, local purpose-built racing tracks, which is um, a much smaller event but still very appealing to the uh, 
local core of V8 supercar fans down in Tasmania, and as you've mentioned, it's an excellent spectator track, and unlike the street circuits, um, you can see pretty much the whole circuit from any one position around the track. I guess, John, the uh, the thing is that now this race has been saved, if you like, or will be coming back on, it'll be interesting to see how the crowd supports it because when things get a bit iffy, fans either make the decision to get to the track and, and support it in strength or sometimes when that pressure comes off, they go, oh, well, the weather's not that good, but what do you think we're going to see by way of crowd this weekend? Well, it will certainly be very interesting, Craig, as you've mentioned there we've had a number of emails and Facebook messages uh, at Auto Action throughout the year about this issue and, and many from disgruntled Tasmanian fans who at one stage looked like they'd lose their race but uh, fortunately I guess a bit of sanity has prevailed and V8 supercars and the Tasmanian uh, government have come to a happy marriage, a, a happy agreement and the race will now be secure until... Uh, the end of 2014. So, yes, it will be a big test for the fans this weekend. I think there'll probably be a, a lot uh, out there looking to support the race. And it'll also be interesting to see what sort of crowd figures there are in light of the race being moved to a March time slot next year. It'll be the end of March, early April. So, We'll see how that affects things as well. Mm. And, of course, Lockie, the hope is that the weather will be a lot better and football season won't be in full full swing by then. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I mean, you know, the difference between March and and November in terms of the weather probably isn't that great, but with the the AFL season in particular, that's going to be a big factor in terms of the number of spectators that will will turn up and support the event in March next season. Mm. Of course, when we look at this race, last year Craig Lowndes dominated on Saturday and uh, although I found it was an excellent race back down through the field, John, a lot of people complained about the Saturday race and the the soft tyres being on the cars for the entire duration. Yeah, but it did create some interesting racing, Craig, in that uh, both Greg Murphy and Paul Dumbrell did very well last year, I believe. I think Murphy got his first podium since Bathurst in 2008, and, and Dumbrell got uh, his first podium in, in the sport after a, a long and, and decorated career, but without, uh, I guess, the desired results, and that, and that started a good little run for him. So uh, the, the soft tie perhaps throws up a, a few different a few different winners. Uh, obviously, neither of the championship combatants last year, and James Courtney uh, or Jamie Wincup won. So having uh, Craig Lowndes winning and, and Mark Winterbottom certainly shared the wins uh, around to, to some different drivers, although I guess you can argue those two are always there and, and thereabouts. And uh, certainly Mark is in good form at the moment, having uh, just won on the Gold Coast. So there is, uh, there's plenty to play for, and for me it'll be the question of who's going to be the surprise driver this weekend. Will it be David Reynolds or uh, Murphy again? Who knows? A lot of talk, Lockie, around the paddock that uh, David Reynolds perhaps had a sword of Damocles over his neck because his future is uh, one of the hot topics of silly season. I think it's probably the second worst secret or worst kept secret alongside Lee Holdsworth moving to Stoke Brothers from all the people you talk to up and down pit lane now very, very um, strong 
was that David Reynolds will be moving to that third Ford Performance Racing prepared car, the bottle-o-sponsored car that runs under the racing entitlements contracts for next season. So how that affects the remainder of this season with him driving at Kelly Racing um, remains to be seen. But uh, on the Gold Coast, he did a pretty good job, I have to say. And, um, you know, it looks like um, he's not necessarily receiving any uh, less favourable treatment in that operation compared to the other three Kelly Racing cars. No, and John, there's no reason for them to do that because they've really shown they can prepare four and five cars at the top level this year. Well, it's a professional outfit and it's in that they have sponsors to impress and so regardless of what we may or may not see behind the scenes, uh, the reality is no one is going to jeopardise that situation and uh, obviously there are a lot of rumours about uh, David's future for next year Uh, but all that is yet to be resolved yet and I think uh, it's in I think the hands of lawyers so it's a situation we probably have to be very careful uh, about talking about. Mm, It's always interesting this time of year with uh, so many things being speculated upon. Guys we need to get into gas and go here on the V8 Insiders. Gas and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Gas and Go brought to you by V8X Magazine. Have you checked out the new V8X website? It's v8xmagazine.com.au. And guys from V8X Magazine, interesting to see that Richard Craigan from Abu Dhabi says V8s are not worth a standalone event for Yaz Marina. John Bannon, what does that mean for their international expansion plans? Probably not much because uh, if that circuit doesn't have an international race, uh, there are others that will. We've already got a a race going to the US. Uh, Talks of a a Singapore event on the calendar either next year or, or the year after. So... I'm sure uh, there's a number of uh, big circuits out there that would like V8 supercars uh, because they know how close the the series is and it would probably be a profitable exercise for for the circuit in question. So who who knows? But I don't think it's going to prevent V8s from going overseas. Lockie? I think John's exactly right there. I think it says more about maybe the economic situation over in that part of the world than it does about V8 supercars international expansion plans. I just think it probably wasn't feasible for uh, Abu Dhabi to go to the expense of having to employ a whole lot of officials and personnel for the V8 supercars when they could combine them all in the same weekend as the F1 and get away with only having to employ that number of people for one race event rather than two separate ones so um, I don't think it's a problem for V8 Supercars International expansion. What what I will find interesting though is that it'll be the first time that V8 Supercars will have run as a championship event as a support to the Formula 1 and now we've seen in the past with support categories for the V8 Supercars that when there's delays in race schedules on race weekends that the support categories have sometimes been forced to uh, shorten or in uh, extreme cases, even abandon their races to fit in with the V8 Supercars live TV coverage commitments. If there's a delay at Abu Dhabi next year, will V8 Supercars have to maybe shorten or abandon their races to fit in with one program? It's going to be very interesting. Mm. Now, Lockie, 
Clipsal is back at the start of the year. Is it where it belongs? Yeah, definitely. Um, over the last couple of years where the championship has started overseas, the uh, something was missing having the championship starting over in Abu Dhabi and for many fans in V8 supercars, I think Clipsal was still considered to be the real start of the season, even though it wasn't actually the first races of the championship. And, you know, when, whenever the championship starts... Um, at Clipsal always starts with a bang so good to see that the Clipsal event's back at the the uh, front end of the V8 supercar calendar John I couldn't agree more with, with Lockie I think it's what the fans want uh, many of the drivers want it as well and I think it's the appropriate way to start uh, what is the Australian V8 supercar championship mm. John Jason Bright says he wants to do some sports car racing is this a signal that perhaps he's thinking his Vert Supercar career could be over? Probably not. Uh, a number of drivers dabble in, in different forms of motorsport. The biggest name in our sport, Craig Lowndes, does. Uh, this, earlier this year, he went to the Nürburgring and, and drove an Audi around there. They didn't get as far as they'd like because they had a bit of an accident in practice. But uh, Lowndes certainly made it clear that he wants to do more of that type of driving. Uh, Jason Bright, of course, is someone who has previously raced, uh, you know, single-seaters in the US, so uh, there's no reason why uh, he, he can't add that to his repertoire and why it has to affect his, his V8 supercar career. Yes, he's not 20 anymore, but uh, there are some drivers there that uh, are older than him, and, and he's, we're talking about someone who's won races this year, mm. so that's a reason to, to keep Jason Bright on board. Lucky? I definitely don't think it's the end of Jason Bright's V8 supercar career. As John mentioned, there's been other drivers such as Craig Lowndes um, who've competed in sports car racing. Think of other examples as well uh, within the V8 supercar paddock and also in, in some of the support categories as well who've gone and tried their hand at different types of racing overseas or even in events here in Australia like the Bathurst 12-hour um, and I think, you know, from from that perspective, it's probably a good thing, giving them the opportunity to experience uh, a bigger variety of different types of machinery. Will Morris Racing next year, Lockie, have one car or two on the grid? Interesting question, Craig. And uh, I think one of the determining factors might just be what happens with their sponsorship for next year. I saw a report in the motorsport media yesterday that VIP Pet Foods and Paul Morris Motorsport are shortly going to be in negotiations to determine whether VIP Pet Foods stays as a sponsor for the series for, or sorry, for the team for next year. If they do stay as a sponsor for the team, then Paul Morris Motorsport might run two cars. But the other thing that I could see happening is one of the Paul Morris Motorsport licences going to Triple uh, Eight Racing and Andrew Thompson having a third car for Triple Eight Motorsport next year. But maybe uh, John's a little bit more in the loop than I am with this question. What have you heard, John? I think there are some rumours uh, doing the rounds that uh, Jonathan Webb might expand his operation for next year, uh, which could potentially mean that, that one of the licences could go in that direction, uh, but that's one of several options. Early in the year, we, we heard that uh, potentially Roland Dane was thinking of, of purchasing 
that licence to have a third triple eight car. So there are several possibilities. Probably the most likely one is that nothing will change. Uh, but uh, while there are rumours, I guess uh, there's interest and, and a bit of fire. So we'll wait and see. But in any case, there's nothing locked away or, or nothing for certain. And if it is, it's, it's certainly all known behind closed doors. Mm. Well, that's Gas and Go for another week. Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. John Bannon and Lachlan Mansell will be back in just a few moments. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Well, guys, we've got to wrap this one up, but uh, John and Lockie, what do you think? Uh, Russell going to Walkinshaw Performance. He's almost in a Holden factory car now, guys. John, what do you think? Well, I think it's a, maybe a long stretch to say a Holden factory car. I mean, yes, technically you're correct, but uh, I mean, that car doesn't ever seem to have quite the, the same performance uh, as as the HRT cars driven by uh, Tender and Courtney. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good seat, though, isn't it, to, to have? And and what interests me about this is it's meant to be his final year uh, next year, and you know, I guess it would be timely with Car of the Future coming on and, and that sort of thing. But uh, by the same token, uh, Rus- Russell's a racer, and, uh, you know, maybe next year he'll have the machinery to, to prove that he can do... He can still do a good job. I mean, he was only champion five years ago or so, so uh, he can he can do well, and and uh, I'm sure he'll probably turn a lot of heads next year. Mm, lucky. Well, teams make decisions for a reason, and I, I just get the feeling that the reason that Walkinshaw Performance choose Russell Ingall to drive that third car because they need someone to fill that seat for one year and give Nick Perkett maybe just the extra year that he needs in the Fujitsu series to make sure that he's absolutely ready to step up to the main game. The other reason there, and, and uh, you know, Lockie almost touched on it, is that the super cheap auto sponsorship, uh, it's, a, it's a good financial decision for HRT to be able to have such a good sponsor on board. Yeah. Uh, now, Lockie, who's going to win in Simmons Plains? Well, at the top of the show, we talked about Craig Lowndes dominating the Saturday race last year. I think that um, if he wants to stay in championship contention, then he needs to do the same this year, doesn't he? Because he looked to have the ascendancy after Bathurst, where he was leading the championship, but then up on the Gold Coast, he had an absolute shocker with the non-finish in the first race with mechanical problems, and then in the second race, he got caught up with the safety car situation where he had to queue up behind his teammate Jamie Winkup in pit lane. So I'm actually going to give Craig Lowndes for this weekend. I think that um, he'll be pretty determined to get himself back into the title hunt. And what about you, John? I think Jamie Winkup will win this weekend. And I think 
that's because he's probably learned from, from last year in that he had a very tight uh, battle uh, with Courtney and I think he knows how much it hurts to lose the title and I don't think he wants to repeat that. So I think he'll get himself out in front and he'll stay there. Mm. I've got a feeling that uh, Greg Murphy might once again do very well down there on the Apple Isle. Guys, pleasure to catch up with you. John, look forward to speaking to you again soon. Yeah, you too, Craig. And Lockie, always great to have you on the show. Always great to be on the show, Craig. After the break, the white flag lap here on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lab, we hear from Dan Crane, and I asked him if Stone Brothers were looking to lever the advantages of scale and go to four cars in the future. With the structure at Stone Brothers, you're running three cars. Is it a consideration to try and get a fourth one into the mix and uh, try and leverage the advantages of scale? Oh, look... um probably more of a question for Ross and Jimmy but um, I, I definitely know it's something they are looking seriously at um, and with every little opportunity where it um, comes along to increase you know, your racing capacity here at the team it needs to be with the right driver um, the right model and obviously the required amount of staff and production um, facilities to support that without you know, without taking away from the program we've got which you know we've uh, spent a lot of time here we feel you know, our three cars are, are coming along quite well and um, you know, we're just probably looking for more consistency now so you always have to be careful about adding that extra car in because it can take away a lot more resource than you probably think on the surface mm. and of course as we've heard in the last few weeks you'll have a new driver that you've got to build a relationship with with uh, lee holsworth coming to the team when do you get to talk to lee about what he wants um that's a good question obviously at the moment you know between our team and his own commitments we've got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on we all want to finish off the year strongly um, for Lee and for my driver Alex who are basically ninth and 10th in the championship so uh, you know obviously there's a bit of rivalry there so while I've got one guy we'll be working with next year at the moment we still uh, we want to beat him so um, obviously we'll, we'll say hello and stuff and you know sort of, I don't know Lee personally but I you know we sort of know who each other are and we always say good day at the track so I'm sure that those conversations will become a little bit more in depth now that we figure we'll probably be working with each other but um yeah, at the moment, it's business as usual, and we'll, uh, we'll work on that relationship as the season progresses. How difficult is it for an engineer in this period of time? It's sort of a, it's sort of a twilight zone, isn't it? Because you have such a close bond with your driver, and then you're told it's not going to be there going forward, and all of a sudden you've got to think, I've got to do the right thing by him, but I also have to set up for the new guy next year? Yeah, look, I think, you know, um, realistically, it's about finishing the year off strongly. And, you know, for Alex and myself, it's about continuing the relationship we've got. You know, you're always working on that. I don't think you ever get to the point where you don't work on that relationship, on that understanding. And, uh, you know, 
uh, as we do every race weekend, you know, we're striving for the best results we possibly can. And, uh, you know, that that takes a lot of focus. And uh, at the moment, I think that that's between Alex and I, that is our focus between now and the end of the year. You know, it would be nice to stand on the podium. We're always aiming for the top step. And I think we've definitely shown the potential quite a few times this year. We just need to, uh, you know, get one over the line. But that's going to be what we work towards. And then, you know, following... Uh, Following that, that's when I'll probably start looking seriously at how we, um, how I approach working top step. And I think we've definitely shown the potential quite a few times this year. And we just need to, uh, you know, get one over the line. But that's going to be what we work towards. And then, you know, following uh, following that, that's when I'll probably start looking seriously at how we, um, how I approach working with Lee for next year. My thanks to Dan Crane, Jason Bright, John Bannon, and Lachlan Mansell as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time around, keep smiling. And bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.